Ben saying you better listen to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast, or me and my pudding are gonna come over your house and smash in your face. Take it away, fellas. Thank you, Tara Strong, a.k.a. Harley Quinn. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He's Steve, Xbox Live Stevich, and we are on a Geek Cloud 9 in episode 121 today, May 9th, 2019. We're going to be talking about our experiences at the Fan Expo Dallas that took place over the weekend, and I, for one, am very much looking forward to being able to talk about this. What say you, Steve? No, it's uh, it's gonna be great, Russ. Wow, it's, it's it's just man, I, I just I'm on such a euphoric high from the weekend itself, and I've got to say I'm really impressed with the folks who put this whole thing on. I think that every year that this happens, it just gets better and better. The quality bar continues to rise with each passing year, and uh, I think this one was the best yet. I don't think. Well, okay, so you went to the one last year, is that right? Or was it the no, year before? The year before. 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 We were talking about the one well, that you know stuff that was going to be there for last year's, but mm. we didn't actually go. But we didn't. Yeah. What, what happened with that? Yeah, I don't know, Russ. Nah, you don't remember, Rusty? I think we just got a little bit too busy. I don't know. The Fan Expo was very helpful, and uh, the folks there were very attentive. So thank you to everybody who was in charge of putting that together for a very smooth experience. It's very much appreciated. So we ended up going on Saturday and Sunday. The The Expo in its entirety was actually Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But believe me, there was a just... Oh, there, there was a ton to take in and I ended up not even being able to do everything that I wanted to do just because my days were chock full. So I think what will be really fun to do is to be able to separate these into two parts. One is uh, Saturday and the other is Sunday. And we'll just kind of hopefully be able to chronologically go through uh, just the different experiences. How's that sound, Steve? That sounds great, Russ, even though I wasn't there to participate in the... Um second day. Well, perhaps you can <clears throat> just provide your reactions to <laughs> oh. my descriptions oh. Uh, oh. of what transpired. You don't say. I just did. You don't say. I just did. Did that happen? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, at the beginning of Saturday, um, Steve and my wife helped me with the boxes. And, Steve, would you like to describe what those boxes contained? Well, Russ is a hoarder of sorts and primarily prime one and sideshow collectible type stuff, figurine statues, uh, not so much action figures or stuff you want to look at for the longest time. Only we can't look at them because Russ is, uh, likes to collect them and not look at them. <laughs> he likes to keep them in the cardboard boxes and everything. And it's absolute original. I don't know even now why he buys them. Anyway, I mean, I know why he buys them. I don't know why he keeps them locked away. Yeah, because these things are awesome. I mean, you got you got to look at them. They're they're actually fantastic uh, pieces, but got to have them out on display to look at them and appreciate them. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. And I have a long-term plan of being able to do exactly that. I just need to actually either buy or build um, necessary pedestals or something to be able to, to display them on. <sighs> some nice display cases, uh, that whole thing. However, in this instance, though, what I've been doing is taking a look at who is going to be at Fan Expo and luckily, there are <laughs> voice actors that come in who, um, you know, they, they've had prominent careers in the gaming industry. And so this year in particular, um, it was both gaming and movies. And so for Saturday, I realized that Peter Cullen and Frank Welker were going to be at the show. And so I ended up booking the Transformers Experience and part of that experience include, or include, included, it's funny how like you just miss that one D and then it just kind of all goes to poopy. <laughs> but anyway, it included two items of my choice for them to sign each. And so I realized, oh, wow, like I have 
a Optimus Prime statue and a Megatron statue that were based off of the, the Michael Bay movies. And of course, uh, well, they, they were voiced by these two actors. And of course, Frank, you know, to be accurate, I guess you could say, Frank ended up voicing Megatron in the, in the later Transformer movies, um, not not the one that the statue is necessarily based off of. That doesn't matter. You know what? It does, it's true. It's true. And that's a good point, Steve. So anyway, if you've ever seen these statues, these statues are huge. I mean, they're, they're third-scale statues. They just they, they have wonderful presence. But then, logistically speaking, it's a bit of a challenge in order to, to figure out how are we going to get these, like, just through the con. Like, I figured, okay, we can put these in the back of my wife's car. She has a big enough vehicle that it could fit these boxes. But how on earth are we going to transfer this and or tr- transfer transport these things over to it and then even have the time to do so. So and then it dawned on you, Steve. <laughs> I realized I needed assistance. I needed a grunt. I needed a mule. I needed someone who could stay by my side, not veer off and carry a bunch of stuff and keep his mouth shut. <laughs> Yeah, it was really funny because I was thinking, okay, there are two of these things. How on earth am I going to do this? So I ended up enlisting your help because I figured you were going to be coming to the show anyway. And then I also enlisted uh, the help of my (laughs) wife because I was thinking, okay, how are we going to... I I use that word just because I know that... Shanghai. Yeah, Shanghai is probably more (laughs) appropriate. So we end up getting there, I would say probably around like one o'clock in the afternoon... And man, like we just, we immediately get our badges and we are looking for this, uh, this particular conference room that they're going to be doing this thing in. And luckily, you know, we find it with, with uh, minimal effort. Like there wasn't really any kind of major problem. And we got there at just the right time because the line had started to form. And I got to say, um, we brought our, with ourselves a, um, a little hand cart that we just, kind of bungee corded the the crap out of uh, the, t- the two boxes, which again, these things are just really, uh, what would you say? They're probably like three feet tall by, I don't know, like two feet wide. Well, the, whole, the whole entire box or just the, or the, the plate? We'll see. Okay, so let, let me back up a little bit. So these Transformer statues come in multiple boxes. And so we ended up taking just the boxes that contained the base of each statue. And I think just those alone, I think, yeah, they're roughly about two feet by two feet or three feet by two feet or something like that. Anyway, I mean, and then you, you stack them, uh, you know, up against each other on this little mini hand cart and it's like, okay, well, <laughs> couldn't really fit much more onto this thing. But, um, uh, what was really fun though, was as we were waiting in line to go through the signings, the the boxes themselves actually started to garner attention. And what was really funny was that you were the one who actually really took ownership of, of carting those things through the expo floor. And so you started to get uh, people kind of here and there coming up to you saying, uh, what's in the box? Yeah. No, so, yeah, I was wheeling this thing around. It's funny because people will give me the eye, like, what are you bringing in? What's in the box? <laughs> well, actually, no, I have to preface. We were walking in and people were checking luggage. And I don't know, maybe people have done this before. I don't know. But we walk in and I'm thinking, okay, now we got to unbungee cord this and untape it and bring all this stuff out. We're going to hold up the line or, you know, whatever. And the guy goes, oh, what you got in there? Statue bases. Oh yeah, you just guys, you can go on in. Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll have to check it. Just go on in. Like, you don't want to? Okay, it could be something else. But okay, that that worked. I, you know, I, I was both relieved and terrified at the yeah, same time because I'm exactly. just thinking, oh, he's gonna make us open these things up, and they're just they're not friendly at all when it comes to having to like pull everything out and try and put it all back together again. So I was relieved from that standpoint. But like you said, it's like, wait a minute, what, what if we actually had something dangerous I in this, these things? You know, so. Anyway. anyway, yeah. Oh, so that little stereo. Yeah, my goodness. <laughs> I was on the right speaker. Anyway, so 
we're wheeling this around and uh, I'm, we're, we have to get back to the room where uh, those two gentlemen are sitting patiently waiting for everyone to line up outside. Yep. And we're navigating through the floor and people are walking by and I'm freaking out because... You know, it's not just me that I can maneuver through the hordes of people, but I have to maneuver these two boxes and a hand cart plus my the backpack that I have on. I know you were like my my mule. Exactly. <laughs> we we really did load you up. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyhow, I I hope I didn't I didn't run over anybody's toes, and I you know I may have like clipped somebody with uh, the boxes or the backpack a few times, but anyway. We get to where we're getting to, and then, I mean, everyone is so nice yeah. there. Everyone was cordial and civil and, uh, you know, waiting their turn. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised, and I am at the same time. I mean, I, you've been to more of these things than I, than I have. I remember people being nice last time as well, but I, I, think, I don't know. I, I, I don't trust people. <laughs> and so I don't trust their good wheels. Yeah, I think someone's like, yeah, you know, they got like ulterior motives yeah, or something. Exactly. Like, what do you want? Yeah, you want to leave it here? I'll watch it for you. <laughs> hey. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, but anyway, people, you know, we were standing in line for hours on end, and people would just casually walk up you know, after staring at me for a good forty-five <laughs> minutes to an hour, and like meeting their eyes and are their gaze, and then looking away, and then meeting their gaze again, like. Ugh. This is getting awkward. And so then they'll people they'll come up to me and say, Hey, how's it going? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. So what's in the what, what are you bringing with you? And I look at you like, Can I tell them? <laughs> or like, Do you want to tell them? Because it's your stuff. And so then you just look at me with a grin on your face, like, Yeah, tell them. And I'm like, okay, well, there's statue bases of Optimus Prime, you know, and Megatron, and they go, oh, cool, that's that's awesome. And then they just turn around and walk away. I'm like, okay, nice converse, conversing with you, stranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then stranger she w- danger. <laughs> and then after a while, you know, some other people would, would walk up, and then uh, you know, they they would have a little more conversational skills. Of, so what else are you into? You know, when you just watch this movie when you were a kid, and then uh, that uh, made the time go by a lot faster. Well, and I thought it was really nice too because you're just you're standing around folks who have the same interests as we do, and I think that you know subconsciously we knew that going in, but then when you're in line, it's like you kind of almost forget about that until the conversations start, and it's just a, it's a lot of fun to be able to have that, and of course it dawned on me as this was happening because. With Steve being next to the the statues on the cart, he kept getting people walk up to him, and so finally I, I walked over to start engaging them in conversation as well. And I, I just I was just like, oh my gosh, this this totally makes sense. Like they're seeing that these are Prime One Studio boxes. What are the odds that they're going to be into the same thing? Of course they're going to be into the same thing. So naturally they were geeking out about how we had brought them, and there were there was a lot of people who were impressed by our dedication to wanting to get these things autographed. And some people even commented like, Oh, I wish I would have thought of that. I wish I would have brought my version of whatever it was to get signed, that sort of thing. And so we ended up actually um, having a lot of fun with it because folks were, were really curious to actually see what these bases look like. And so when it came to be our time, we, we went in there and, um, both Peter Collin and Frank Welker were sitting there and, and they were just classy gentlemen. I mean, it, it was it was so exciting for someone like myself to be able to go in there and meet them, be able to shake their hands and, and briefly describe to them the, uh, the impact that their voices have had on me since I was a kid in the 80s. And so to give you guys an idea for those who, who haven't heard their names or, or trying to remember who they are, so Peter Cullen... Um, his main character that he's known for is Optimus Prime. He is the voice of Optimus Prime from the cartoon series. He's Optimus Prime in the video games. He's also Optimus Prime from the the movies. And so in addition to that, you know, he's he's worked on the Flintstones. He's worked on Winnie the Pooh. He was Eeyore. Um, He's done a lot of of different voices. And Frank Welker is also just a living legend into um, just the the voice acting world in the sense that not only did he voice Megatron, but he's voiced all kinds of characters from also like Scooby-Doo, the Jetsons, 
and just a, just an absolute ton of, of different cartoon series that we grew up with. Animaniacs. Um, he was Ray in, in, uh, in the, in the real Ghostbusters cartoon. I mean, like if you can think about it, like they've all had their, their, uh, contributions and just about every cartoon from the seventies up until probably I would say the nineties or so. And, and actually they're probably still going strong to this day. So anyway, um, I was very thankful and it actually really impressed at, at you and my wife, because when it came close to being our time, you guys ended up uh, just opening up, you know, taking off the bungee cords, opening these things. And then of course the bases themselves are pretty heavy on their own. <laughs> And so, but it works out so smoothly because I also had some prints that were um, by Livio um, Romandelli, who I had, I purchased them uh, back at, I think it was like the 2014 Comic-Con. It was 2013 or 2014. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I've always loved those prints and I always wish that I could get them autographed by these two gentlemen. And so here was the opportunity to do so. And it was just so fun to be able to do that. And then also have you guys just come right up. Um, and we had them sign the, um, the bottom part of the base that normally would just be covered. You know, if, if you have it sitting on like a table or something, you don't actually see it. And that's how I prefer it just because my own personal preference is, is I just don't want to deface the, the statue in terms of its design and artwork by an autograph there. Like it's nice to know that it is present. It's just more subtly underneath. And they were both very impressed. I mean, they, they were blown away by the size of it and they wanted to know where to sign it. And as I, I just told them, I said, you sign it wherever you want to, and you can make it as big or small as you want. It's, it's whatever you want to do. And um, so it, it, it was a lot of fun to, to watch them do that. I also, um, when it came to, to Peter, I, I made it a point to really shake his hand. And I think you may have heard me ta- say this to him, but I was saying like just how um, just much I appreciate like his performance as Optimus Prime and, and just the, like I said earlier, like the just the, the overall impact of just being raised as a child from the 80s because as a kid, we grew up listening to their voices in multiple capacities and, and the look on his face was priceless. I will never forget it. I loved how he just looked at me and he was just stunned and he was shaking my hand and he just said, well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say that to me. You know, like, like it wasn't lip service, I guess you could say. And I've been to enough of these to, to be able to tell the two apart where like, if you're talking to a celebrity and, and you know, they're, they're being courteous and they're saying, Oh yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. You liking the show? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Take care, man. Oh, All that's right. nice. That's nice. Next in line. Yeah, exactly. But these guys actually really, I mean, they were looking you right in the eye and, and the expression on their face, I mean, they, they were really flattered by what it was that people were telling them. So that, that was uh, definitely super cool. Also, part of the experience was that I got to take a selfie with them, which, again, was just super fun. Um, I ended up, when it was my turn going over there, and, uh, <laughs> and I, I said, I just kind of called me something like, oh, gentlemen, and I put my arms around them. And what's funny is that they're actually, both of them are pretty short guys. And uh, Peter Cullen, without skipping a beat, he says, and he actually belted this out. He was like, we resemble that word loosely. And like, and he's, and he did it in this funny voice and like everybody in line started laughing and it was just made for a great picture too. Cause we all, we were all like laughing when, when the woman took the picture. So <clears throat> that was, uh, that was a nice memorable moment, Steve. You know, what was memorable for me, um, is I got to shake his hand Yes, that was another thing, too, is that you didn't even pay for I that. I didn't pay Jack <laughs> to go in there. But, I mean, you you know, they they don't know. They're not managing the money. They're, they just, they're there to for their, just be the present. Right. Uh, and so everyone's walking by. They're just doing what they're, what they're told to do. And so I just, blonk, play a bang this uh, statue based around from here, sign. Which is really so, funny because you guys are coming up to me and you're like, which one goes to who? And I was getting confused. I'm like, no, he goes, there. no, 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 it goes the other way. No, the way. No, ah. You know, I'm just looking to see like which one was uh, actually This one goes here. That one goes there. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but. But we, that was a bonus for you. 
that's what I'm saying. So I plunked it down in front of him and I didn't want to take advantage of anything. I wasn't going to shake his hand. I didn't want to, you know, hold the line up. Yeah. And so he looked at me and he said, oh, hi, how are you? I'm like, you sure about this? I didn't say that, you know, but I'm like, I didn't pay you. Uh, <laughs> Your palms like all sweaty. Hi. <laughs> hold on. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Sorry if it feels kind of clammy. <laughs> you might need some Purell after that one. Anyhow, so I should give him a nice, firm, brawny, burly handshake. Mm-hmm. And uh, look him right in the eyes and said, how you doing, sir? Great to meet you. Yeah, I bet you said it just like that, too. <laughs> yeah. The guy to my right's got some things to tell you. Anyway, give me this base back so I can load it back up. <laughs> Well, and there was a lady who was sitting kind of in, they had a bunch of empty chairs and she was just kind of sitting there enjoying the spectacle. And um, I couldn't help but wonder if perhaps she was either their agent or maybe her husband who was there um, was their agent or something. But she really got a kick out of us bringing those. I mean, she actually ended up giving me a high five and she was like, man, that is awesome. And you guys brought those things. You know, she, she was just really eating up everything. And I guess... She bumped into either you or Leslie later on. Yeah, both of us. And what, and what did she did she say? Did you get it back in the, the yeah. truck successfully or whatever? Yeah, no. So we didn't want to keep on lugging the stuff around the entire show. So we thought while we were waiting for you to take your time snapping pictures. Absolutely. And we figured we'd just run back out to the vehicle and try drop off this stuff. And so we came back in. We had to meander through the maze. And, uh, you know, I got to say, the staff, even... I mean, when we got there, we had to go out. We had to come back in. They were always polite and happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that was better than it was the year before last when we were there, too. I, not like they weren't happy or anything, but they they did definitely take it to the next level uh, yeah. from what I remember. Anyway, so, yeah, we were trying to find our way around, and we bumped into her again. She was, ah! she was, she was one of those ladies who was real spunky, just high yeah. energy all the time. Yeah. And so she uh, she says, oh, you guys get there safely, no problems or anything. I think that's really cool. You guys are helping out. And just talking a mile a minute, but a, a positive mile. Yeah. <laughs> so we had we just spoke to her for about five minutes, and that was that. Well, it was a lot of fun. I, also, in that, that package that I bought, I received a limited edition oversized Transformers lithograph that was 16 by 22. And so that was, I mean, it was a really neat thing to be able to go through all of that. And I mean, those, those things were bucket list items for me just because, I mean, even for someone like myself and you, you know, we we're kind of known to be doing voices growing up as kids. And even to this day, we still um, just love to, to tap into that. And, uh, and it's funny because sometimes people don't really understand us. They're like, why are, you, why are you doing voices? This is kind of weird. I don't get that. But it's nice to be in the presence of people who do it for a living and are very successful at it. So what I had to do after that is I had to then make a run over to where Jim Lee was because I had also bought the, the Jim Lee experience. And so I got in line and waited and waited. And waited for friggin' ever. And waited. So, for those of you who don't really understand, Jim Lee is a living legend in the comic book world. And every time he goes to a Comic-Con, I mean, there are just legions of fans. It is unbelievable how many people are just wanting to buy his stuff or pay him for his autograph or get a sketch or whatever it is. And this was also another bucket list item for me because I had seen him at the 2012 San Diego Comic-Con, but he was giving like a a drawing demo. I never got a chance to have him sign anything or say hi to him or do anything like that. And so this time I was thinking, okay, well, I think this is going to work. And I was in line for about two hours, I think it was. Until finally it was my turn and it was just crazy because like there he was and, and the, the guy is just a machine. It's amazing how he's able to conduct business. I mean, he's just, he's such a natural pro at what he does and all things. I mean, whether it's creating art or it's helping to be um, a chief, it's not even helping. I mean, he is the chief creative officer, I believe, at DC Comics. So he's helping to run the business. And also when, when he's interacting with his fans, I mean, he, he it is amazing what kind of work ethic that man has. 
So when it finally got to my turn, I had brought my X-Men number one, which was one of the first comics I ever bought back in 1992. And what's funny about it is that I have looked at that comic book so many times. You know, I never really kept the best care of it because I was so into just trying to learn how Jim Lee created his sketches and his drawings. Something that the, the <laughs> like it would probably get a pretty bad rating in terms of like, oh, what is the value of this book? It was more of like a sentimental thing for me to have him sign that because that was one of the first forays I had into the world of comics. And then I also brought my Wildcats number one and uh, my Batman Damned number one uh, that he did the variant cover for. And then what was really cool is that I got to take a selfie with him, which of course I have plastered all over social media because I was just giddy as all get out about that situation. It was super, super cool. And just thinking about how Jim Lee, I believe, is about 56 years old now, which is just crazy. I mean, like just time flies so fast and it's just amazing to me how these things end up working themselves out. But um, also in addition, I received an oversized 11 by 17 lithograph poster of Batman and the rogues. And so that was really fun. And I ended up buying my very first CGC rated signature series of Batman number 50 with the Jim Lee black and white pencil sketch uh, variant cover signed by both Jim Lee and Scott Williams rated by the way at a 9.8. <clears throat> so it was really fun to be able to get into that. Ah, especially considering I have no idea how that whole thing works. <laughs> yeah, rated. Yeah, it's rated nine point eight on what kind of scale? Uh, they have they, uh, they have some Jim sort Lee of scale. they have some sort of official comic rating thing that they do. Like you have to have a witness uh -huh. and all this kind of stuff. I'm not too familiar with it, but oh, I went ahead and got okay. one because I uh, I wanted one, Steve. It's rated on coolness. Wanted or... one for well, the whole idea is that it's authenticity. Like like it's. <laughs> Like, like instead of having someone forge Jim Lee's signature or something like that, it's like there's, it's an actual business. It's a company that, that its sole purpose is to like go through a comic, make sure that it, it is like, they'll, they'll go through like the quality of the comic and then they'll give it a rating. So like, I think the, the a perfect comic is 10. Well, did you buy it from him? Yeah. Well, then why isn't it a 10? I don't know. <laughs> I That's have no weird. idea. Oh, I didn't have time on. to sit him down with a cup of tea and ask Steve. I'm sorry. Yeah, I want to get back in line and ask you something. I'm buying this from you. Can't you just rate it a 10 since you're selling it? What it probably <laughs> is, is he signed it and then... Okay, so he probably signed it, but it was on like a computer program and then it printed his signature onto the picture itself. And so it's not him. No, it's with, him. Then it should be a 10. But, but what I'm saying is it's not based on just the autograph alone. They're basing it on just the integrity of the comic book itself. Like, like uh, the quality of the paper. Are there any scratches? Are there any uh, like blemishes? That sort of thing. It's just like really like, I don't know. Just, just, um, just, 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 just what Russ? It's an OCD version of making sure that like, you know, if you happen to sell that comic, people will know based off of that like certificate or whatever. You're like, Whoa, that looks like a fine coming <laughs> to me. You mean if you were to bring it to uh what's that history show on the, uh, <laughs> when you bring it to the, the, the pawn shop, pawn stars. Oh yeah. You bring it to pawn stars. They're going to give you less of a hard time trying to pawn the comic. than if you didn't have, if they try and low bomb me, I'm going to be like, uh, 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 you see that? It's a 9.8. I'm going to have to grab a buddy of mine to authenticate the <laughs> authentication. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, at the end of the first day, I mean, literally that was the entire day was being in line for those folks. And then also just the, the different materials that I was able to get signed and get pictures and that sort of thing. So at the end of the first day, I was just really, really pumped. I was really excited about how the whole thing went. It's always like an added bonus. Like when you meet these people and you find out that even their personalities are really cool and accessible, it's like, all right. Because like I've, I've run into some unfortunate situations in the past where like I'll meet a celebrity who I was looking forward to meeting and then you come to find out they're really arrogant or like they have like, <laughs> you know, just kind of a, a chip on their shoulder kind of thing. And it's like, oh, that's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> all right. They're just dead. 
No good, two-faced. Something, 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 something. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but they're just that. You know, it, it is kind of in those situations. They they can be a bit disappointing, but. Anyway, so Sunday rolls around and you ended up staying home. You didn't come with me. And then um, <laughs> drive yourself. <laughs> uh, my wife ended up deciding that she wanted to go again, which I'm so thankful for, because on Sunday I ended up bringing with me my Harley Quinn third scale prime one studio statue base because Tara Strong, who you heard at the beginning of this particular episode, she was there and was able, available for autographs and other things. And so it was really fun for us to, to pack that up. And um, at the beginning of the day, when we got in, we actually got into the parking garage. So that way we didn't have to park crazy far away and, and walk uh, forever and ever. And uh, our first stop was actually going over to uh, Patricia Somerset, who is the voice of Zelda from Zelda Breath of the Wild for Nintendo Switch. And I'm still playing through the game. I have yet to beat that game. I haven't even gotten to where Zelda is located yet. However, ha having her at the... Uh, so you've played 10 minutes. No, actually, I've, <laughs> pl I've put quite a bit of time in The game is pretty big. Huh. And it's pretty hard. Let me tell you. But what was really cool was that she was there, and I was thinking, man, this is perfect. Because as you're playing um, Link, he doesn't really have a voice. Like, he'll make little sounds like like he'll be running or or he'll get hurt or something but he doesn't actually speak which was obviously a deliberate decision because they want you the player to feel like you're link but of course zelda does have a voice and so it was so nice to be able to meet patricia um just a real classy lady it would be really fun to see if we can possibly get her onto the program because i think it'd be fun to interview her and um just find out about her her career as a, a voice actor but um, yeah, it was really fun. She wrote a little personalized message in there and she did a little sketch and signed it. She actually wrote her phone number in. No, she wrote <laughs> the um, in the language that you see in Zelda. No, it was really cool. She actually knows how to uh, use that language, which I was like, man, so I I have no idea what is said in there. I'm going to have to probably ask a, a Zelda expert. Uh, maybe she was making fun of me or something in the, in the Elvish language or whatever it is. I'm like, okay, well. you really want me to read this to you because uh, I know what it says, but uh, I don't think you're going to want to know. Oh, so yeah, it was fun to, to have her autograph my game cover sleeve. Now, I also went back to Peter Cullen and Frank Welker because in the Transformers experience, it included a QA panel and that was so fun to be able to go to. And I don't know if I told you this, Steve, I think I may have mentioned it. I may have mentioned I it. I think you did, Rush. But I was able to get um, really like, like a good spot in line. And when everything happened to you, like <laughs> the original thing was like, they actually had part two of the signing thing at the same time that we were lining up for the Q and a panel. And so what was interesting was that like I had my ticket, my little premium ticket, like, oh, yeah, I got the experience, you know, that sort of thing. And then there are I'm other, back. Yeah. There are other people who did not have that ticket, but they just wanted to come in. And so the way that it was supposed to work was that everybody who has a ticket should go in first because they paid for there it. There you go. If there are any seats that are left over, then other folks who just want to come on in who, you know, didn't make a reservation or anything, they can do so. Well, that didn't really happen the way it was supposed to, Steve. Um, what was crazy was that there was a, a lady who was part of the, the expo staff, and she was just about to start going down the line and asking who had a ticket and who didn't, and then she was going to filter the folks who didn't have a ticket to the back of the line in order to you know let this whole thing commence. Well, Apparently, the the guy who was emceeing the Q and A panel, they always have like this person who emcees it, who asks sure. questions yeah. and stuff. You know, keeps it moving. Apparently, he didn't talk to her because he comes out. and He's like, "Okay, come on, follow me, guys." And so while she's like going down about to like do this stuff, and we go, "Okay, I guess we'll follow him." And then so everybody goes in, and it's oh. just chaos. Luckily, I was able to score a front row seat in the Q and a panel. And I brought my video camera um, the, and just 
uh, was was just pumped to be able to get such a great spot because I really wanted to hear what these two gentlemen had to say. And um, the, the lady who was who was attempting to have some semblance of filtering and order and stuff, you know, like, you know, she ended up having to go row by row. And this is a ballroom that let, exists at the Dallas Convention Center. So she's having to go up and down, basically doing the Indiana Jones thing, you know, no ticket, you know, the, the whole like asking to see the ticket kind of thing. And so um, luckily... No one sat next to me on my left. And I think it was probably because I had my phone there. So Leslie, who didn't have a ticket, actually later on was able to come in right before it started and go all the way up to the front and sit right next to me, which was fantastic. Because she was able to then uh, bust out her iPhone and do some recording herself. So um, the entire panel was great. I was so happy to be able to just listen to these guys just answer questions about their careers. And of course they would kind of sprinkle in some of the, the voices and that sort of thing. Um, the best part though, Steve. Yes. Ross, I'm waiting. Was it got to the very end of the panel? Mm -hmm. this, this is the part you told me. Okay. Yeah. So the the guy who's emceeing the thing, he's like, okay, well, we have time for one more question. And, the, you know, there was a bunch of hands that went up, and my hand went up, too, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know where me, this was going to be. And, I, dude, I, I was totally, like, back in fifth grade, you know, I had my hand, like, shaking in the air, like, hey, hey, pick me. Notice me, notice hey, me. Hey. And so. Um, Throwing stuff at the guy. Over what was funny was that the, the, the guy up there, um, he said, yeah, you in the back. And I was like, oh man, like he didn't, he didn't pick me. That's, that sucks. And, and, uh, and then he, and then he said, no, just kidding. And he pointed right at me and he said, uh, yeah, you go ahead. What, what, what's your, what's your question? And I was like, oh my gosh, I get to, <laughs> and, and your mind went blank. <laughs> I, 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 uh, how are you? Yeah. I yeah, know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the final question. Um, so anyway, I have it recorded here and I want to share it with you right now. Yes, we have one more question. I'm going to go as far back in the room as possible. Oh. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. Uh -oh. Right here. I was curious, uh, how did you guys get inspiration for the voices of Optimus Prime and Megatron? Because they're so distinct. Obviously, Optimus has a lower sounding voice, but there's also lots of... Um, inflection in every word that he says versus Megatron, which there's a, more of a flamboyance to it. Was that something that Wally worked with the two of you on, or did you guys come up with that sound yourself? The question is the inspiration for developing the distinct character voices for Optimus and Megatron. The first guy's going to talk is Frank. Uh, I'm going to go first because his, his story is, is, is very, very, very cool and important to hear. My my side of it was that, uh, again, Wally at this period of time was doing like 10 different shows. He was so busy. And so there was all of these characters in Transformers. And when we got to call the audition, there was just a table full of, of drawings. And of course, with my ego, I picked every single drawing that I could to read, you know, and it's, it's numbers. You figure if you try, you get them. But anyhow, back to Megatron. And I just looked at the picture, and I was thinking of this voice, and uh, I thought it was metallic and evil, and what could I do? And I just, it, it, that's what came. And I was so happy because sometimes when you go in with a voice to the, the studio or whoever decides what the final voices are going to be, Hasbro or Marvel Comics, whoever, they listen to it and they come back and say, you know, we like this, but we want you to make it a little more like that or do it like this <clears throat> and it's okay but it takes it away from your basic dna and your instincts megatron they didn't touch and i think it was because wally was so busy uh, because they would probably ask wally well you know maybe you could add some thoughts in here because i mean he he could help design things but they were so busy everything stayed and i got megatron and a few other characters and that was my experience so i was so pleased because that was my basic instinct and and that's what came just out of looking at the picture megatron leader of the decepticons <laughs> uh, well mine is 
is poignant uh, in another direction in a sense because uh, my brother Larry was my mentor and my inspiration and uh, he was Optimus Prime as far as I was concerned. And it was on the day that I auditioned for the role, um, <clears throat> I was on my way to, to the voice caster and um, he asked me where I was going. And we were sharing an apartment at the time in Burbank, California. And, Said Peter, where are you going? Said I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go audition for uh, 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 as a truck. As <laughs> 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 a truck, yeah. Well, no, Larry, uh, but the truck is a hero truck. I mean, he's a uh, he's a big semi truck, and he's supposed to be a hero. And he looked at me and said, because this is my brother Larry, taller by six inches, thirteen months older former captain in the Marine Corps, fought in Vietnam, Bronze Star with V cluster, a couple of Purple Hearts thrown in for heavy wounds. And he says, Peter, if you're gonna be a hero, be a real hero. Don't go yelling and screaming like a Hollywood phony, <laughs> pretending you're a tough guy. Be strong enough to be gentle. Don't be a you know what I mean. <laughs> he said, just be real. Have compassion and, sh and strength. And don't yell. He said, okay, Larry. I got to the audition. I looked at the uh, picture. And there was a, a truck. And there was the transformation of this hero. And so I got inside and I had the page in front of me and it says, my name is Optimus Prime. I should have been able to say, my name is Larry Cullen. <laughs> yeah. And it just came out. And that's what I did. there i think he has he does a speech it might be on goalcast by um on on facebook but i've seen him do like a stand-up speech like a you know something encouraging and he talks about his story and i think a lot of that did come up really yeah i was just absolutely on cloud nine that i was able to ask the last question and they answered it in a way that just, I mean, it was a nice long reply from both of them. And it was so neat to be able to, to hear those things from those two gentlemen. And like, just, I mean, you could tell like, like, I mean, they're not even trying, they're not, you know, they're, they're just going through the motions, but yet you could tell how pro they are at what it is that they do. And it was just, oh, man, it was just so cool to be able to meet those two guys and, and be able to do, uh, just that, that, that whole Q&A panel. And by the way, uh, for our Patreon patrons out there, I'm actually going to be posting the entire Q&A panel up on uh, patreon.com slash joygasm just so that you guys, if you're interested, you can check it out. It's probably, I think it's about 40 to 45 minutes long. And it's really interesting. I, I highly recommend you guys check it out when you get a chance because it's, man, it's it's... It's really neat to be able to look at these guys who, I mean, they're in their seventies now. And I mean, like even hearing Frank talk, like, couldn't you hear like Ray from Ghostbusters or like, um, oh, what's that character from uh, Scooby-Doo? The, the main guy with the white shirt and the little. Yeah. I forgot what his name is. <laughs> isn't, uh, by the way, speaking of Scooby-Doo, isn't the, the girl who dresses in the orange, isn't it? What's her name? Isn't that Daphne? Yeah. There was a ton of cosplay Daphne's. Daphne has really become a popular character yeah. recently. Yeah, they were walking around everywhere. So what did you think of, of that whole thing? No, that was really cool. Um, I I figured they'd be throwing in some of the some of the voices through there, but yeah, you know, I I wanted to hear more. I wanted to hear more of that story, where that came from. Yeah. Uh, but I guess sometimes, you know, you you go 
interview for something or audition or you get asked a question, you're just in the right spot at the right time and spur the one thing and this is what I'm going to come up with and that is the exact puzzle piece that fits the missing spot. It really is. And and like I said, I mean, I'm so grateful that I was able to um, ask that question to be, to be chosen, to be able to, to just, I don't know, to me, it, it's the romantic side of things is just, I don't know if I'm going to have another chance to be able to um, chat with these guys. I don't know like what their touring schedule is or anything like that. And it just, it's really neat to be able to, to ask a question like that. And even Leslie was, was telling me at the end, she's like, man, babe, that was a good question. She's like, she, she was really happy and uh, impressed at just how things kind of fell into place like that. So once that ended, I then went to a drawing demo to, with Jim Lee to kind of see what he was doing. And then it was on to going to some of the, the voice actors that I wanted to check out. And uh, <clears throat> so, of course, I still all this time had the uh, the Harley Quinn statue. And, and I actually, I didn't just bring the base. I brought in the entire statue with me because it was a smaller box overall compared to the Transformers. And... Uh, when we got to her booth, she wasn't there. And I was thinking, man, where is she? Like I see her name, you know, on the board there and everything else, but she wasn't there. And then I look down at where the overwatch folks are supposed to be and they're not there either. So I'm starting to freak out because I'm thinking, Oh no, I think I just missed all these people. And even David Hader, who's uh, he's the voice of Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. Like I was gonna get his autograph and 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 um, just talk to him that sort of thing. He wasn't there either. And I'm just thinking it's Sunday afternoon at this point. It was probably like 3 p.m. I'm thinking, oh, they. I wonder if they left early. I wonder if they tried to catch an earlier flight or something like that. So get this, like like, and at this point, my wife is like totally feeling bad for me. She's like, oh, I'm she's I'm so sorry, Russ. I didn't realize. You know, like, like the, I don't know if they're really here anymore. You know, she was, she was kind of just accepting what the situation was. And I just said, well, why don't you wait here for a minute? Because I saw a handler at a different booth that was like next to Tara's. And I said, you know, I'm going to go talk to her real quick and just find out what's going on. So I'm walking over there and then when I'm about to get to that girl up there, then this other lady comes over who's wearing an orange t-shirt and she's one of the staff of the fan expo. And she goes, Oh, Hey, are you looking for Tara? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm holding like my cart behind me. And I was like, yeah, she's still here. I, I don't see her anywhere. And she's like, Oh yeah, no, she'll be right back. She was taking a 10 minute break. And I was like, <gasps> so I'm like, I turn around and I, you know, frantically motion for Leslie to come over and uh, so as I'm doing that, there is this other lady who comes around who apparently is um, Tara's agent or, or um, coordinator. I'm not exactly sure. She, she was like the, the, you know, the handler of, of Tara. And so, um, oh, no, you know what? I'm, I'm saying this wrong. Let me back up a little bit. So while we're waiting, we're thinking we're waiting for Tara to get back. There's the guy who is like the agent of this other voice actor who is over next to Tara on the other side. And he sees the box. Oh. So then he comes over and he's like, hey, what's in the box? I mean, it's the funniest thing to be at a convention like this where people are going to be naturally curious about what you've brought. Because odds are, if you have it all packaged up nicely, it's got to be pretty awesome, what's ever in there. Well, yeah, because everyone else is walking around with bags full of random stuff in there. No one's wheeling around a hand car with a big styrofoam box of bungee cords to it. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I told him what it was, and he says, oh, can I see it? And I said, yeah, sure. I got to open it up anyway. And so I, I opened it up, and, and um, um, you know, he he's a, he's instantly, like, nerding out on it. He's like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. And he looks at me, he's like, can I touch it? And I was like, yeah, no, go ahead, and you can, you can touch it. And he's like, how much was it? And I told him, like, well, $900. He's like, okay, I'm done touching it. <laughs> and so he ends up um, just getting super excited about it. And we're still waiting for Tara to show up. She still hasn't come yet. And <laughs> hold on, let me get her. Dad! Well, what he ends up so, so, so check this I'll out. I'll get her for you. Hold on a second. I've gotten all embarrassed. <laughs> he ends up going over to get his phone, and he he makes a phone call, 
And I think he's talking to Tara. And he's like, no, you got to come over here right now. There's a guy here who's waiting, da, 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 you know. Well, he was actually talking to Tara's agent or whoever that was that, that was with Tara. So then she comes around the corner to say, oh, hi, can I help you? That sort of thing. It was just real nice. And and I said, yeah, you know, I, I have a bunch of things I'd like to do. And and because um, Tara, you know, she's, she's voiced a huge library of, of different characters and so I said, yeah, you know, I'd like for her to autograph this and I like to get some voice recordings. And, and also my daughter's a big fan of um, the, the My Little Pony cartoon, um, especially the character that she plays. I'd like to get, you know, an autograph for her and maybe even get, get like a video recording of her doing the voice while she's holding the picture of the pony, you know. So she's realizing, hey, I, I'm basically I've, I've got money I'm going to throw at you. Like I've got a lot of stuff I'd like to pay you for. So then she says, um, and, you know, it's funny because like she's like, well, let me get my phone. I mean, let me call Tara. And like while she's doing that, then the other guy who had seen it already is like, see, I told you, look at that. <laughs> like, he, like he was totally jazzed. And so she ends up making a call to Tara. And she's like, yeah, no, no, you need to come back. Yeah, no, no. There, there's a guy here with a statue. You need to come back here. So when I say come, you come. Okay. No, I'm saying come now. now. No, it wasn't, now. it wasn't like that. But, <laughs> but, um, it was cool because then she came out and I, and you know, I've, I got to say, I feel for the voice actors, especially because for the entire duration, excuse me, of the, um, of the conference, they're, they're doing little voice clips or, or quotes or whatever you want to call it for two to three days in a row. So, I mean, their, their vocal cords are just shot by the end of each day because they've been doing it for person after person after person, you know, and. Um, and of course this was the end of the entire three day stint. And so, um, I was very grateful that she came out. She was super pro, um, you know, she was asking what, what she could do for us. And, and so I explained what it was and, um, you know, even with the, the personalized VO that she provided for us, what was, what was really cool was that she actually did three takes. And she was not satisfied with the first two takes that she did. She says, no, 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 let's, let's try this again. And I really respect that because this is someone who really takes her job seriously. This is someone who's a perfectionist who really, I mean, she, she has played this character for so long. She knows precisely how to correctly represent the character. And she wants to make sure that it's quality. And I, I was just like, man, this is, this is really awesome of you to do that. And, um, and you haven't even seen the, the autograph yet. No, I haven't. She ended up using separate Sharpies on the base of my Harley Quinn statue. So she was, as she was signing it, she used like a certain, um, like a silver or something like that for some stuff. But then when she signed it, Harley, she used like this like neon red pink color. And then she used a different color for like her actual name, Tara strong on there. I mean, it was really cool. She just added more personality to the design of the base. So, Really, really cool. And actually, as of this recording, I have yet to give my daughter that picture along with the, the video to go along with it. So that'll be something I'll have to surprise her with uh, tomorrow. But I mean, what a great story of how that whole thing it went from like being like a total bummer to like all of a sudden I was just elated at being able to actually successfully get in touch with her and say hi, that sort of thing. I mean, and she would just be another person who I would just absolutely love to have on the show to be able to interview and to be able to, to find out about just kind of her methodologies as a voice actress. And I don't know, I, I think it'd be a lot of fun. So we'll, we'll have to see what, what the future holds with that. And then when that was wrapping up and we were packing the statue back up, I looked over and then suddenly the overwatch people had come back. So I'm thinking, Oh, this is fantastic. So I, I was able to go over there and say hi to them, get autographs, that sort of thing, meet them and really at the end of the day, really the only person who I didn't get to meet that was on my list was David Hader. And I'm, I'm hoping that he'll make a triumphant return perhaps next year or something. When your wife and I were waiting for you in line, um, for, for the Jim Lee line, we were walking around and he, ha he we saw him sitting there. Did you really? Yeah, we saw him sitting there. And so I, had I known, I mean, I thought I, all this was like appointment based. So 
when you know, like when your time was there, okay, you know, you've already prepaid, you go get a signature, get it, whatever you want. So I thought, hey, you know, he's got it covered, whatever. But I had I not known all this other stuff, I would have gotten in line for you and uh, got something else. But, you know, I saw him. Uh, uh. <laughs> At least that's something, right? <laughs> One of the other things I was able to do, and um, I, I think I told you this already, but... Um, I was looking over at where the Back to the Future cast was because they also had set up their their section. And I had already spent just way too much money already. But I was like, man, you know, I just want to see like where they're at and what they're doing and stuff. And I saw um, James Tolkien, who plays Mr. Strickland. I was like, man, that is so cool. There he is, you know. And um I just, I, I thought to myself, you know, I don't know how old he is. I think I better get a picture with him and stuff. And so I went over there and uh, it was only like 40 bucks. I was like, yeah, you know, and so I said hi to him and shook his hand and told him like how he's been like kind of a big staple of our house growing up with how often we watch Top Gun and Back to the Future. And he was super cool. And there he is. I got a picture of uh, standing next to him. Oh, wow. <laughs> Man. Yeah. It was just, it was just super cool. And he was like... He's like, yeah, you're the better looking one. I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> but it was just really cool to be able to like, you know, he was to me like the personas that that he portrayed in these movies in the 80s. I mean, it was so quintessentially 80s. Did he say anything like, if you misrepresent this picture just this much, yeah. <laughs> I'll have you find a plane full of rubber ducks out of Hong Kong. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but he did have that grit. Like right. he still had that grit. Like when, when, after the picture was taken, he like slapped me on the back. I was yeah. like, <laughs> so yeah, no, it, it was, it was really cool. And, and I asked him, I said, are you planning on, on coming back say next year? And he's like, well, unfortunately we don't plan that far ahead. You know? And I said, well, it'd be great if you guys were able to, to make it back because it would be fun to be able to have the opportunity to be able to take pictures with the whole group. And so anyway, that was in a nutshell, just, the, the Fan Expo Dallas 2019 experience for me. And, and of course, I've, I've said it uh, a few times. And I'll say it again. Thank you, Steve, for helping me out. Because of course. Those, those little things, those little uh, tokens were very important to me. They were definitely on my bucket list. And I just, I can't believe I... Um, now have these things, not only the, the tangible autographs and, and photos and stuff, but also the memories just to be able to always look back on fondly. So, um, and, and even going back to the fan expo itself, I mean, that was, that was only a portion of the expo in its entirety. I mean, there were so many other celebrities and, you know, the last thing I did before I left and this goes back to actually what you were talking about in our previous episode. If you recall in our previous episode of Joygasm, where our topic of the day was paying tribute to Peter Mayhew, you were saying you wondered if they would have some kind of tribute or, or place of remembrance for Peter because Peter was scheduled to be at, at that Fan Expo Dallas right. that weekend. Right. Like he... He passed away, I think, just two days before the whole thing started. And I don't know if you saw this, but where he was scheduled to have his booth, like a bunch of the organizers actually put together kind of like this little remembrance memorial thing at his booth. And they still had his his name at the top where like normally you'd see sure. his face, his headshot, and it says Peter Mayhew. But there's like all these things. And I think the organizers started it. And then more and more of the 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 people who were attending the conference started to also put like Star Wars oriented paraphernalia up there or things that are Wookiee oriented, that sort of thing. And pictures of Peter outside of his costume and they actually had books that 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 um, the uh, the convention goers could sign. They could actually write a little blurb in there about how Peter impacted their lives or something like that. And they were going to be mailing those books to the family of Peter so that they could read from all of the fans who are just giving this outpouring of love and support and encouragement and, and thanks. And uh, that was just a really nice way for me to be able to end 
the fan expo of yeah. um, Dallas of 2019. I thought it was really cool. And I ended up signing it myself. I went in there and, and, uh, put just a couple sentences in and, um, I don't know. To me, that those little touches like that, that's a really classy thing. And I think it speaks volumes of these types of comic cons in the sense that people who go there, I mean, you just have genuinely nice people. You right. have people who are enthusiastic about pop culture and about these movies and just about art, gaming and art. and Yeah, absolutely. All these different things. And they're, they're just, like I said, like they, these people are there to just continue to be inspired and to, and to just share that, that kind of excitement with each other. And, and I mean, that also goes for when there's a loss, you know, I, I remember Tim Curry, Tim Curry. So Tim Curry had come just a couple of years back. And at that point in time, it was known that he had recently suffered a stroke and it was so neat to see the, um, level of support and love of, of these people who um, just, they, they really loved his performances over the years. They thought he was just, just a great actor. I mean, I thought he was too. I really enjoyed him in quite a few movies. I thought he was really funny. I mean, he, even Charlie's angels when he was playing the the bad guy, I, I mean him with Bill Murray, I thought was hilarious. Um, I think he was an Oscar as well with, uh, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I think he was too, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it just goes to show just, I don't know, why I love going to these things. And and so I look forward to next year. I mean, what are some of your concluding thoughts on your, I mean, obviously you weren't there to go and meet people and buy things. You were kind of doing me a, a solid by going, but did you have any kind of observations? Um, yeah, I got to bring a wad of cash next time. Uh do- <laughs> <laughs> to do the stuff I wanted to do. I mean, there was way more than I mean than you got to see and that I got to see, and it's almost overwhelming because it, I mean you you almost have to go planning on the entire weekend to get everything. If you go for yeah. one day, I mean, good luck. Uh, it's like going to Disneyland and expecting to experience the entire theme park in one day. You can't. There's just there's not there's not enough time. Right. So. I mean, coming home, I thought, oh, they had the DeLorean there. I never got to, you know, sit in the DeLorean. Uh, or, and they, they had a, uh, you can get your picture taken in within like this replica cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. I thought, oh, that would be awesome if we did that, you know? And and plus, they, you know, they had uh, Kiefer Sutherland that was there. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even get a chance to see him. You could have taken your picture with the entire Back to the Future cast. That was, yeah, no, beyond my budget. Um, they, <laughs> they had Zachary Levi there, which I, I think your wife got a, um, a selfie, um, unofficial selfie. Oh, nice. <laughs> walking by the, walking, not walking by the table. So he was signing something and she just kind of turned out incognito. Yeah, really. Uh, so anyhow, you know, there, yeah, there was a bunch of stuff. You almost have to, you, you have to go slow. You can't buzz through everything. Cause there's a bunch of artwork that I didn't see. I wanted to go through some of the comic books and go and feel that nostalgia. I didn't get a chance to do that. Um, I mean, even with the people who, the attendees, sometimes these, these people who dress up as characters from Overwatch or Star Wars or from just some random music video, like, you know, you expect people to see, like there is some fun stuff to be had for free or you could pay and get something that you'll keep with you for the rest of your life. Right. And I didn't even get a chance to say, I, I thought they would have something for uh, Mr. Mayhew, but I was walking around and I was looking for it and I didn't see it. So I'm, I remember you texted me at some point, hey, they're going to have this, this um, I don't know what, what you would call it. I would not really Q&A, but uh, something where fans can get up and tell stories of you know, when they had interacted with them or the, the effect that, they, that uh, he had on their lives. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to really sit in on that, but... I was hoping I could see some sort of memorial and I didn't see it and I didn't, I wasn't made aware of it uh, until afterward. Hmm. But maybe if I was going a little slower, um, I would have saw it. I don't know. I actually come to think of it. I took um, a video footage about that. I'll show you in just a minute here, but this was another funny picture. This guy was dressed up like uh, fat Thor or he had dude Thor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
and he, dude, he even sounded like him. Like he was in character the entire time. He was making Leslie and I just burst out laughing. I knew somebody was going to be at the show dressed like that. He pulled it off. I mean, he did a really good job. But um, yeah, going back to what we were talking about, I actually took a quick video. Um, we'll see if I can find it here, but... Um, yeah, I think it's this one here. It's only 18 seconds long, but you can see if you play it, like it starts out with where, you know, in fact, I'll just uh, read this here. It says, uh, this is what I wrote in the little book for Peter Mayhew. I said, Peter, you made a profound impact on my childhood that um, I will always be grateful for. Your foundation makes you uh, even more of a giant among men, meaning like the, the foundation, the charity foundation that he puts together for folks in need, like in Venezuela and that sort of thing. So this is just 18 seconds long, but um, I just wanted to capture what it looked like. And so you see the books there and then there's just all these different things that people have had placed on his table. And it was, it was just really touching to see. And there was like this long line of, of people waiting to sign the book. And, that, of course, is his handprint, you know, and that thing was just huge. You know, he's got really big hands. And so, you know, just, just a short video clip, but something that acted as kind of like a nice little memento of, of just what went on there. So Nice. Yeah. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud.com slash Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see all of you next week. Adios. Adios.